But the kingdom of God is not seen out there, there, there. The kingdom of God is within you. It's an invisible government where God governs you from the inside when you let His Spirit on the inside of you. Heavenly Father, we thank You for today. And Lord, I just ask that You would give me clarity and the ability to share what's in my heart so it can make sense, so it could be of understanding, that it could be grabbed, that it could be applied, and that it could produce success and wealth and abundance in the lives of your people. And Lord, this morning, I thank you. Every heart is open to hear. Every heart is open to receive. Father, I thank you. The Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between soul, spirit, joint, marrow, judges the innermost intentions and thoughts of the heart. Let your word go into the deepest places in us, God. Let it cut out stuff that needs to be removed. Let the truth come and set the captive free. In the mighty name of Jesus, can you say amen? amen. Look at the person next to you and say, you're in a good place today. You are blessed. So, over the last couple of months, we've been sharing messages on surrender. Who's been here for some of the surrender series? And surrender is probably the most important thing that you need to grab hold of. Because if you don't surrender your life to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, nothing changes. Say, so i got to surrender. And then we were reading Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 last week. And let's just go there. I just want to read it to you. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because all He has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the customs and the behaviors of this world system. Say world system. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And what will it produce? You will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So you don't discover the will of God for your life. You don't discover the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God until you surrender your body, until you surrender your life. And so we preach this. I talk about this. But I've been praying. One of our biggest struggles that we have in leading a church is that how do you break through the hard-headedness of people? How do you break through the rebellion inside a person's heart where they will, will not submit to God? I'm talking for myself here too. I know what I'm talking about because I had to surrender my will. And I was, I'm from an Arab family line and we're hard-headed. So how do you get somebody that has a hard head, that is hard-hearted, that is self-centered, that only knows life on this planet to surrender to an invisible God. That's probably one of our hardest things to try and help you with. And I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you what the foundation of this problem is. The foundation of this problem is that we live in a Western world. Say, we're from the West. 
And the Western mindset, the way that we live here, we're built, our government is built on a democracy. Say democracy. Who rules in a democracy? Say we the people. And so because we rule, because we live in America, the land of the free, the home of the brave, we have free speech, we have freedom to do whatever we want. And so we're not going to submit ourselves to anything that we don't want to submit to. But when you look at the Bible, you can't think of a democracy. You have to think about kingdoms. Say a kingdom is not a democracy. It's not a republic. See, in a kingdom, there is a king. Say he's a king. In the kingdom, the king's word is law. The kingdom is about the will of the king. It's about the thoughts of the king. It's about the heart of the king. Whatever the king wants, that's how he establishes his kingdom. And so the king isn't voted in. You don't get to vote whether he's your king or not. And so because we have a democratic government, we vote based on the majority of what the people want, a president into place. But when you're dealing with a kingdom, you're not dealing with your will, your rights, your wants, your vote. You're dealing with a king. And it's a whole different mindset. Who watches Game of Thrones and all those movies? I think I need to get my wife to come and explain to us how kingdoms work. Because she loves all the king and queen shows. It's royalty. They operate differently. They think differently. So every king has a kingdom. The domain of the king, which is the king's territory. A king has territory. What is the territory of the king? Heaven. Heaven is God's territory. That is the city of God. That's where the the, the castle of the king is. Say he's got a castle. You say castle, I say castle. Castle, castle. He has a castle. In his castle, he has a throne. That's the place of all authority and power. He sits on that throne and he makes decrees. Whatever the king decrees becomes law. And then everybody runs to do the decree of the king, and then they put that seal on it, and then it goes out into the land. The king has decreed. The king has an army. Say, the guy, he's got an army. The king that we serve is the king or the lord of heaven's armies, he is the king of glory. And the Bible tells us in the book of Psalm 24 that he's invincible in battle. There's nobody that can defeat or destroy this king. And so the kingdom, there is a set of laws and rules that the king governs by. It's a constitution. Can you say amen? There has to be law and there has to be order. And then every kingdom is no kingdom if there's no people living in it. And so every kingdom has to have subjects. It has to have people. 
that live in it. And if you are part of the kingdom, then you are a citizen. Say citizen. And as a citizen, if you're going to live righteously, that means you're going to stay in line with the government of your kingdom. So that means when you stop at the red light and you don't run through it, you've been righteous. You've kept yourself in line with the laws of the land. But if you run the red light, then you are unrighteous. Why? Because you broke the law of the government. And so what we have to understand is when we're talking about the Bible, it's not up to your debate or your input. Well, I think we should do it this way. Or I feel it's not based on what you think or what you feel. You either submit to it or you don't. And if you don't submit to it, you don't get blessed by it. Because God doesn't bless rebellion. And so we don't like that idea because we're American. I'm American. I'm free. You ain't nobody going to tell me what I'm going to do. Because I have a Second Amendment right. I have the freedom of, to do what I want to do. You don't like it? Everybody with me? So what we have to start doing is we have to start talking about the Bible from a kingdom perspective. You have to understand the Bible from that perspective. And when you do, the Bible will click. The Bible will make sense. And no longer will you be confused why I need to surrender, why I need to obey what God says. And once you come into this understanding, everything will begin to make sense for you. And so that's what I want to do, attempt to do today, is lay this foundation of the kingdom because I started talking about purpose last week. But if you don't understand this, your purpose doesn't make sense. You'll never figure it out because you won't know your place. There's five questions that everybody has to answer. Say five questions. Number one, who am I? Who am I? Number two, you got to ask yourself the question, if you want to know who you are, you have to ask yourself, where am I from? Because if you don't know where you're from, you won't know who you are, and you won't know why you're here. So that's the third question. Why am I here? Why was I put on the planet? Why am I on the earth? Why am I alive? Well, you won't know why you're alive if you don't know where you're from. And who you are. Number four, you have to ask yourself, what can I do? And that talks about your potential. What is, what is it that you have been designed and created to do? And number five, you have to answer the question, where are you going? So if you can answer those five questions, you've got your life somewhat together. But figuring that out is pretty challenging when you don't know that this is just one realm and you're a spirit and you're of another kingdom. And so if you're trying to figure out your life by what you see on the planet, you'll never figure it out because the natural realm deceives you from who you really are. 
And if all you're doing is wearing a name brand and driving a nice car and living in a nice house and posting your education status in the certificate on the wall, if you're living by those things, then you're led by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, which is based in the world system, which is ruled by Satan. And it'll never be satisfied because eternity is in the heart of man. And you have a natural desire to worship. You have a natural desire to pray and seek to know something. Something's missing. But you can't put your finger on it. It's like the matrix. Look at someone say, you should take the red pill. If you watch the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. So let's read this scripture. Isaiah, you would say Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. And it says, we're coming up to Christmas. I think we should also, in this season, define what Christmas is all about. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, Oh, and here it is. Look at the person next to you say, this is it. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Look at the person next to you and tell him, Jesus came to earth to bring the government of his kingdom to the earth. What does a king want to do? A king wants to expand his territory, right? We had kingdoms. I'm not a history guy, but I know we had kingdoms in the earth. And what did kingdoms do? They went and took more territory, and then they colonized those territories. Anybody been under British, Spanish, or any one of them other colonies? Two of us. All of you were under English rule. I don't know if you know that. By the way. But, you know, when you celebrate Independence Day, you decided we're separating from that. We're going to drive on the other side of the road. We're going to put our steering wheel on the other side of the car. We are rebelling against English rule. We are breaking all the laws. We're even going to change the time because we can. We're going to do what we want to do because we're American and we're free. (laughs) Say the government will be upon his shoulders. So here, here is God. He has a kingdom. He created the heavens and the earth. He has a kingdom. He has a city. He's the king of glory. He's got the armies. He's created everything that exists. It's all for him. And... In his kingdom, he created thrones, powers, cherubim, seraphim, angels, a whole angelic realm. God has servants working for him in his kingdom. And so he created these guys called cherubs. And one of the cherubs in the beginning, his name was Lucifer. Say Lucy. Fur. Lucifer. And Lucifer walked among the... Th- 
the, the fiery stones of God. He was a guarding cherub. He was a guardian of the glory. Should be a movie. And he was designed. He had his design, his workmanship. He had pipes and timbrels on the inside of him. He was basically designed to be a radio. He's the radio station. And his purpose was to bring the sound of creation through him into the house of God. That's why we like music in our homes. And so the sound of creation would come through him into the throne of God. He was like the radio in God's house. And worship would be playing. But he, got, he, was, he was beautifully made. He was gorgeous. And he actually got deceived by his own beauty, pride. And so when you get deceived by your own beauty and who you think you are, you go into delusion. Your mind gets warped and you don't think clearly and you don't see clearly. And so let me see where I've got these scriptures. In Isaiah 14, 13 through 14, he said in his heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds and I will make myself like the most high. So he got confused about who he was. He was a created being, but he decided he wanted to be God. Look at the person next to you and say, when you decide that you want to be God of your life, you're full of pride. I'm just being nice. I'm just trying to help you. Look at the person next to you and say, he's trying to help you. Snap back into reality. You don't get to tell God what to do. Just because you tell your parents what to do doesn't mean you can tell God what to do. Just because you have rebellion children that boss you around doesn't mean we get to boss God around. I don't know where that came from. It just slipped out. I'm so sorry. And this is what Jesus said in Luke 10, 18. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Say pride and then the fall. You see, he, got so, he was so delusional about his authority and power and who he was that he thought he could take God down. And you know what? Jesus looked there and saw him fall. Because Michael is in charge of heaven's armies and God didn't even have to lift a finger. He got chucked out. He got kicked out. But he got kicked out of heaven and the next thing we find him in the garden as a serpent. And when God created man, he created this earth. He wanted to put man in a garden and extend his kingdom. And so because he's a king of glory, he put his glory on us. His image. Say image. His glory. We are children of glory. We are children of the king. When he put man in the garden, man was wearing a light robe. 
It was a robe of splendor and glory and authority and power. And man was walking in the garden with the glory of God as a son of God with authority over the earth. And the king spoke and a decree was made. Eat of the tree of life and you will live. Eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you will die. And so a law was set in place and that law is called the law of sin that leads to death. When you break the law of God, your punishment is death. And so Satan who rebelled in heaven and took a third of the angels with him led a rebellion here on earth. And the rebellion was to get mankind who wore the glory of God, was in the nature of God, was given the authority over the earth to rebel against the throne. And so what did he do? He deceived him and said, God is hiding stuff from you. He doesn't want you to be like him. That's exactly what Lucifer wanted, to be like him. And so he said, if you'll eat that, you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Is it true? Absolutely. But God was protecting man. He said, I've given you everything that pertains to life. Don't eat of that tree. God gave you free will and God gave you choice. If God didn't give you free will, you would have just been a robot. But he made you like him and you have choice. Because you're made in the image and the likeness of God. You're, you're like Him. You're His child. And so when man ate of the fruit, what happened? He unlocked the law. The law of sin and death. The law of rebellion. That's what sin is. Rebellion. So, so Satan led a rebellion here on earth. He was the leader of that rebellion, and that's how we took control over the earth. Because Adam surrendered to him. He no longer listened. He rebelled against the king, and he found himself a new king. The one he was going to obey and the one he was going to submit to. And that's how Satan became a prince of the power of the air. He took authority over the planet. You say, well, how do, I, how do I know that's true? Because when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness after 40 days of fasting, Satan came to him, took him in a vision, and he said to him, the kingdoms of this world belong to me. If you will bow down and worship me, I'll give them to you because I can give them to whoever I want. If that wasn't true, then that wouldn't have been a temptation to Jesus because that's what he came for, to take the planet back. This is a movie, guys. Pure flicks. This story has to be told with cinematic glory. And so this is what we've discovered that Satan has a kingdom. Satan has a throne and he has a kingdom. Where is it? Here on this earth. He's called the prince of the power of the air. And who does he have authority of? 
over. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 says that he has authority over the sons of disobedience. He is at the spirit at work in those who disobey God. The spirit of the world. Who else does he have authority over? Demons. He's known as Beelzebub, the prince of demons. In that passage, in that story, um, Jesus, they, they asked Jesus the question about a house divided. Jesus explained a house divided against itself cannot stand because Jesus was being accused of casting out the devil because he was Satan. And Jesus said, if I'm casting out Satan, if I'm casting out devils because I'm Satan, then my kingdom is divided and my kingdom will fall. So Jesus explained that Satan has a kingdom and that he's casting out devils because he's from another kingdom. And in that passage, Satan is called Beelzebub, the prince of demons, the lord of the flies. His name, he's got other names, the devil, the serpent, the father of lives, the thief, the murderer, the destroyer. That's how he's known. Why? Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You want to know where destruction comes from in the earth? Through the influence of Satan, through demonic powers, through people who are disobedient to God because they're self-centered and they want to live to please themselves. So they have greed, and that greed is for the things of this earth, the riches, and they will do anything to get the riches. They'll start wars. They'll start famines. They'll kill people. They'll do whatever they need to do to control the earth because that's what they want. Because that's what Satan wants. You say, well, how do I know that Satan has a kingdom on earth? Well, he has a church. It's called the church of Satan. He has prophets. He has priests. Who are they? Warlocks, witches, psychics, mediums. Just like the church has prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers. He's got all of those guys serving in his church to bring worship to him. So Satan has a throne. Satan has a territory, the earth. But he's not a king. He's just a prince. There's only one king, and that's the king of glory. And there is no other king. There is none beside him. He's matchless. There's nobody that can even challenge him. So Satan has a throne, he has a domain, he has people, and he has his own form of government. His laws are against God's laws. And so when you live according to the flesh, when you live according to the desires of the physical, your life produces all kinds of results. Adultery, fornication, lying, jealousy, anger, division. These are principles of the kingdom of darkness, which is ruled by the prince, the power of the air, to get people to disobey God, 
So your life produces these kinds of fruits which bring destruction to your marriage, to your family, to your life. Why? Because you're self-centered. You're living to please the flesh and you're living to please your desires. You're living to please your wants. But what you don't realize is that you're living under the law of sin and death and you're bound with chains to it. Because you need a savior and you need a deliverer to come in and take you out of the kingdom of darkness and bring you into the kingdom of light. Everybody with me? So when Jesus arrived on the earth, you had the Roman Empire, which was a kingdom. And he came at a specific time into the earth to die for his subjects. Look at the person next to you and tell him, Jesus came to die for you. And in him dying, he showed you the way into the kingdom. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father. Nobody comes into my Father's kingdom but by me. So he led the way into the Father's kingdom, and that's by dying, the cross. That's why the cross is the central thing in Christianity or for the kingdom, because you have to die to your old way of living so that you can live in the newness of life. But the cross is a painful road. It is a road nobody wants to travel. It is a road that nobody wants to put self under and nail the passions of the flesh to the cross and crucify them there. But Jesus is telling you that if you will surrender to me as king, as your Lord, and you will die to your old ways of living... He said, you're going to be able to come in to my kingdom and reap all the benefits that I have for you. The laws that govern the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. There's only one way to get into God's kingdom. Look at the person next to you. Say, there's only one way in. To be born as a child of the king. That's why you must be born again. It is not a physical birth where you go back into your mother's womb and then come out again. Women say, thank the Lord. I delivered you as a baby. I'm not delivering you as a man. And so this is not a natural birth. This is a spiritual birth. Now you're born into the kingdom as a child of God. And then what's really great is Jesus set certain things up. Number one, you have to believe in me. You have to believe that I am the king. You have to believe that I'm a king of a kingdom. You have to believe that I'm a good king, that I want to be good to you. Once you believe in Jesus as the son of God, who's bringing his kingdom to earth, when Jesus got baptized in water, the Holy Spirit came upon him and rested upon him. The government of God came to the earth. Say the Holy Ghost is the government of God. 
But the kingdom of God is not seen out there, there, there. The kingdom of God is within you. It's an invisible government where God governs you from the inside when you let His Spirit on the inside of you. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost convicts you of sin. The Holy Ghost is God's governor on the inside that governs your life. And He comes and He writes the laws on the tablets of your heart. He comes and writes things on the inside of you because you're not designed to live by rules and regulations and be managed from the outside. God needs to come and take over control from the inside. That's how you take a government down. You take him down from the inside. So he said, I'm going to take out the old, the old stony, stubborn heart. I'm going to put in a heart of flesh that's tender and responsive to me. I'm going to give you a new spirit and I'm going to put my spirit in you. When you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you're getting the government of God in you. Look at somebody and say, the Holy Ghost in me is the government of God in me. He'll lead me. He'll guide me. He'll teach me. He'll direct me. He'll comfort me. He'll give me wisdom. He's the one that connects you to the invisible kingdom. What is water baptism? I got dunked and I got wet. Take a picture. Post it on Instagram. Woo! No, when you get baptized in water, you are identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So that means when you get baptized in water, you're saying, I am done with my old life. You understand that I'm not living in that other kingdom anymore. I'm being born into a new kingdom as a child of the Most High God with a brand new name and a father who knows me, that loves me, that has a book full of stuff with my name written on it, all his thoughts about me. He's got provision for me. He has got purpose for me. I now know where I come from. I'm not an orphan living here on earth, not knowing who I am, where I'm from. I'm from another place. The kingdom of heaven, and I'm a citizen of the kingdom, and I'm here, and I have purpose, and I know who my God is, and I've got a governor on the inside leading me and guiding me and showing me how to live, and I'm not going to do anything to step out of righteousness where I come out of the government of the kingdom, because then the Holy Ghost on the inside of me withdraws from me, and then I can sear my heart. And so what you have to understand is you're surrendering your life to a king. You're giving your life to a king. And you're saying, you're my Lord. I will serve you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That means I'm ready to be a citizen of the kingdom. I understand that I'm going to be blessed. I have rights, but I also got responsibilities. And I'm here to do the will of God. And so what does God do? He calls people in the earth and he sets up his authority in the earth. Who is his authority in the earth? The church. What is the church called? His bride. Who is the bride? The body of Christ. What is the body of Christ? It's a bunch of parts and pieces. It's his government working in the earth. We're supposed to be working together. 
but there's so much division because there's so much of self still in the church. So I'm of this brand and I'm of that brand and I'm of that brand because they don't understand the kingdom. All they know is religion. And a re religion is a bunch of rules and regulations that you have to live by. But there's a kingdom that produces a culture and it comes from the inside. And the foundational culture of the kingdom is love. And Jesus demonstrated his love when he gave his life for his subjects. What king is willing to die for his people? The king of glory. Our savior, our deliverer. So when you think about your prayer life, what are prayers? God, I got these problems. No, your prayer life, when it matches the constitution, you pray according to your rights, your prayers get answered because you're petitioning the government for what he promised. You're petitioning the government for what he promised. That's great. Awesome. So when... That's your prayer life. Your prayer life is coming to God and saying, God, you said in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. So he's obligated to watch over his word to perform it because he's not a man that he should lie. He's a king. And he put his laws in the book. And if you live by the laws, you can have what the laws promise. So you see if you don't understand the kingdom from the Bible from a kingdom perspective, all you see is a religious structure with a guy that's building his own thing here, doing what he wants to do. And there's a lot of those people, by the way. But I'm here to tell you on October 29th, 2007, I had an encounter with Jesus in my home. And he called me to do this. He assigned me and he gave me the authority to do what I am doing. I'm not here with my own authority, with my own thing. I'm here because God put me here. And then three, four days later, he woke her up at three o'clock in the morning and confirmed to her who we are together in his kingdom and what our assignment is. So when you're submitting to this house, you're submitting to the authority of God that He established in the earth. And I'm not trying to puff myself up. I'm just telling you that this has been established by heaven. This was not established by man. And so you're submitting to the authority of the kingdom of God. And when you come under and submit to authority, now you have authority. It's a whole different understanding. That's why I don't manipulate and control people. That's why I'm not trying to build things in the flesh. Because unless the Lord build the house, then they build it labor in vain. So I can tell you, start this, and I can tell you, do that, and I can tell you, da, 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 da. But if you don't have the grace for it, then you're operating in the flesh. And it'll be limited, and I'm going to have to pick up the pieces. But when you understand who you are as a child of the Most High God, and you've surrendered your life, you come under His Lordship, and now you surrender your body, and you die to the things of the flesh, and you start living as a child of God, then He comes and makes His home on the inside of your heart, and He opens your eyes so you can see into the kingdom. He opens you up so you can step into the kingdom, and you can 
inherit what He has for you in the kingdom. And so now as a child of God, you come alongside your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus in authority, submitted to God's authority, knowing your purpose, why you're here and what you're called to do. So there's no division in the house trying to get onto the stage. There's no division. Why? Because I know who you are in the Spirit, and you know who I am in the Spirit, and you see the gifts and the graces of God that have been given to God's people. And so instead of competing against one another, we work together with a spirit of love that binds us in unity, and we work together to complete each other as the body of Christ in the earth to take territory. We're supposed to own all the land in our city, by the way. Because if a Satanist owns the land, they can build a Satanic church. But if God's people own the land, we can kick Satan out. So go buy Madame Maria's house and then cancel her lease. That's how you deal with territorial spirits. You kick them out of your territory. That's why we should have kingdom people in every form of government in our city. But you don't just waltz up in there because you think you should. You walk up in there because God spoke to you, told you to, and you go take that seat. Can you say amen? But God's not going to give positions of authority to rebellious children. So we need to grow up. What, what is the difference between milk and meat? Infancy and teeth. And so we have to grow up where we can handle the truth about certain things and not get offended, and we can discern the difference between right and wrong. That's the difference between a child and an adult. A child doesn't know the difference between right and wrong and needs a parent to bring correction. You're not ready to leave the house yet. Why? Because you don't know how to live yet. And so God will release you into your kingdom assignment when you grew up in the house and you understand the laws of the kingdom and how to operate as a child of God. Are the lights coming on? Do you see who you are? Do you see that in this earth is two kingdoms? And God wants to take over the earth. Why? Because the earth belongs to Him. And who does He want to do it through? Through you. And you know what Satan has done? He's got you deceived. He's got you beaten. He's got you going through all kinds of craziness in households that are not in line with the kingdom. And there's a difference between religion and the kingdom. And we don't operate in religion here. This is, a, this is kingdom territory, and we're submitted to the authority of the king. That's why we can do nothing unless he says do it. And when you live by faith, you live by the word of the king, and he gives you boundaries to live in. So I don't think, well, all of a sudden, I'm an apostle, so I'm going to go step into that role. No, I only step where he gives me authority to step, because I'm here to live to please the king. Can you say amen? I'm just so glad to be a part of the family.
got you, and you got me too. What's up with the family?